Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, I'm Mike Carney, former NFL All-Pro fullback, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. Welcome to The Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's radio.com podcast network. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, for those rare people that use Stitcher. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show at Jake Brown Show. Joining us now is former All-Pro fullback, two-time Pro Bowler Mike Carney, played for the Rams, played for the Saints, Carney44 on Twitter. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, brother. How you doing, Jake? Good to see you. I'm doing well, doing well. Getting chilly, hoodie season, uh, Chick-fil-A in my lap, uh, talking football with a man that's uh, not part of the LAPD, but he's part of the uh, uniform police uh, with the Rams. Tell us what that job, you said you do home games, what that job entails exactly. Yeah, man, the uniform inspector. So, you know, there's 32 teams, and uh, so the league uh, hires uh 64 of us, so two two former players per city. So you got one for the, the home team, and you got one always for the opponent. And really, we walk around and just make sure guys are, are wearing their uniforms properly, that they're compliant. Um, you know, the, the, the league has exclusive rights with, uh, you know, brands of Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Reebok, Bose headsets, uh, Microsoft Surface, um, and so we go around and make sure that uh, no other logos and things like that that haven't paid their their fair share aren't aren't shown. And then making sure guys are you know there's a dress code. You know socks are pulled up properly. Um, they're not wearing uh, messages on any part of their uniform, displaying anything. So you know we we go around and make sure guys are just uh, compliant. And uh, you know we let them know. We give them you know we have a sheet we walk around with and boxes on it that we check that uh you know what the violation uh, is and we give it to the equipment manager and then he and informs the player um and then you know by games in we don't we really don't talk to the players unless they come to us with a, with a question but by games in we you know we submit our report to the league and the league makes their decision if they write that fine or not so you know the biggest uh the biggest uh, miscommunication I think for for guys like us uh, as uniform inspectors that is that we don't write the fine. We're the the liaison, we're the messenger, if you will, um, to let the player know, hey, that if you don't fix this, uh, you there, you, you know, you're subject to being fined. And uh, this just so that's that, that's all our job is, and and they hire former players for this job specifically because mm-hmm. we know how players work on game days. We know that, um, you know, what they're trying to do mentally, get themselves ready to play their best game. So we're not there to be a distraction. We're only there to be uh, of help. Now this is just for the game. Like we see guys come out of warmups, like an Odell Beckham and wear those crazy shoes that obviously really aren't allowed. Uh, are you guys just enforcing it once like one o'clock or four o'clock or whatever hits? Uh, great question. So, you know, you know, speaking of shoes, the month of October is cancer awareness. It used to be mm-hmm. breast cancer awareness, but now the league has opened it up to all cancers. So this month, shoes are kind of uh, off 
the you know they're off the violation sheet from the standpoint of of what guys are coming out with wearing some guys are coming out with hot orange hot pink neon you know and they're wearing those shoes to uh support a foundation towards support towards some type of cancer um but if, if you know once we get out of the month of october in the pregame, guys can come out in the two hours before the game. They can run around and wear whatever shoes, whatever headsets they want. It's when we come out, you know, it's that hour before when they're in their full uniform getting ready to play the game before kickoff. That's when we start walking around and making sure guys, when they're fully padded, fully, you know, you know, in their game day attire, you know, that's when, you know, us uniform inspectors are walking around, um, you know, checking on guys. And then, you know, we check on them for the, for the pregame, uh, and then we check on them throughout the first half. And then, uh, you know, we give our final sheet at halftime to the equipment manager. And then we got to, you know, obviously oversee the entire game to see if anything's changed. But that's that's really the, you know, the to- totality of the job. Does it happen often where guys are wearing stuff that they shouldn't and you and they end up having to get fined? Uh, yeah, you know, there's sometimes there's guys that, you know, so here's here's, here's something that a lot of a lot of the 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 fans of the NFL, the public don't know, you know, uh, tented eye shields, you have to be cleared. Uh, there's, there's three, you got to be cleared by the team. You got to be cleared by the league and you got to be cleared by a independent person outside of both. And so you look at the around the league, there's what nearly 1700 players on the active roster. Um, only 18 to 20 guys are on that cleared list. So when I see guys and, and we get that list every week. So if I, you know, if a Rams player comes out with a tented eye shield during pregame or a reflective eye shield during pregame, I know he's got to take it off because he's not on that list. So that's a pretty major deal there. That's a subject to where if a guy comes out with that on, he won't be able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, if a guy comes out with a, you know, with Burberry Nike cleats uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. has done in the past, or last year, if you remember antonio brown uh paying tribute to owner palmer's passing and mm-hmm. you know he came out with Arnold palmer on his cleats uh he got actually taken out of the game so that's a uniform inspector's job he has to identify that uh let the officials know that hey we got to get this guy out of the game he doesn't take this off so um but those are major things the, the tented eye shield if you think about it with the concussion situation we've had you know the epidemic and just the the, the, the findings that we've learned about brain trauma cte the league has kind of cracked down on that. And so, um, you know, tented eye shields, reflective eye shields in the past, a lot of guys would, could, were able to wear them. Um, but now with that whole concussion thing, they want to be able to, um, you know, kind of have a, a strong arm on, on who can wear and who can't based on if it's an optical problem or not. If you don't got an optical uh, issue eyesight-wise, then, um, you know, you, you can't be wearing a, a tented shield. The NFL Network needs to do a new version of Cops featuring you guys as the uniform police bad boys. And you got you you with your cigar on the field and just bobbing your head and the other guys. Yep. And you got the music in the background. That'd be pretty dope. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think it'd be fun. But it's funny. You know, we're supposed to be like the the quiet inspectors. You know, the league doesn't really want us to, you know, uh, to, to, to be out there too much. But they, they it's hard. I mean, and people, have to, people have to know. I mean, this is – I tell people this. You go to any corporate America job, it's a dress code, you know, and they want you to look a certain way, and that's that's no different with the NFL. Former All-Pro fullback Mike Carney joining the Jake Brown Show. Follow him on Twitter at Carney44, MikeCarney.com. Your former team 
the Rams go to L.A., and they're shocking us here. They're 4-2. and two. It's early in the season. I don't want people to go crazy yet, but they have looked better than we thought, and Todd Gurley uh, is really emerging into a future star running back. Are you a little surprised with the Rams' hot start here in the NFC West, which right now is up for grabs? I am. I am quite surprised, you know, but but I'm not because mm-hmm. in some cases because of, you know, Sean McVay, you look at his, his you know, his record and what he's been able to do in Washington, uh, the way he, um, you know, somewhat has, has uplifted Kirk Cousins' Uh, career out there in Washington as the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. Um, he's somewhat of a quarterback whisperer. I tell you what, last year watching Jared Goff, it was it was brutal. Um, I thought the guy was a bust. Uh, I had I've had busts written all over him. Uh, he was a guy that came in. He just looked so unprepared. He you know was was uh, um, looking down targets right away. You know, not using his eyes to manipulate safeties and and go read through his projection his his, his, his progressions. Um, you could tell he had a hard time reading coverages. Uh, and you look at where he came from at Cal, you know, under Sonny Dykes, it was a spread look to the sideline and, and tell you where to throw the ball. Um, and so I thought last year's staff just didn't do a good enough job of just, you know, preparing him and getting him ready. And uh, I think by them, by the Rams going out and getting Sean McVay, getting this young offensive-minded genius um, has paid off, obviously, because you watch Jared Goff now, uh, he's – I mean, he's, it's night and day, I mean, what he's doing. And I think that, you know, they lost last week, the, the previous week, before the, uh, the, obviously they beat Jacksonville on Sunday, but against Seattle, you know, they, that was a self-inflicted game. They should have beat Seattle. Um, and I said then, they're, the, they're a 3-2. and two. They're a way better 3-2 and two team than they were last year. They were 3-1 and one before the whole, their whole season unraveled. They lost like six or seven straight. So I really like this team. I, I think that they're – uh, a very good four and two team. I think that they potentially win the NFC West. I think it's that's how I think that's where they're headed. That's their trend. The defense is starting to come come around. They got to shore up that run game. Wade Phillips brings in that three four. I think uh, what they're learning in that three four is you got to get off blocks. You know, there's a lot more space in the three four scheme. Um, and so, but I think that they're eventually going to get that scheme down. And, and once that once their defense comes around, I think they're they're going to be. Uh, you know, they're going to be contending for the NFC West. So you think they're going to beat out the Cardinals, which definitely possible, but who knows now with Adrian Peterson looking like his old self uh, in Arizona, and you think they'll beat out Russ and the Seahawks? You know, I think they can. I yeah. think they, they have it. They, they, it. They're playing with a whole different type of mojo this year. I mean, they're, they're, uh, the, the guys love Sean McVay. You know, I've talked to a lot of the guys. You know, I've met Sean myself. He, he's just a, He's a good guy. Good coach holds them accountable. You know they know they got to walk a fine line, but they're playing hard for them. And you know you look at the Cardinals. I mean, I think that the missing piece was Adrian Peterson. I mean, where, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all knew he had something left in the tank, but I, I wasn't expecting him to have such a big day as he did against Tampa. But good, I'm happy for him. Um, I think the run game for them is something that they're missing, but but their offensive line is. Uh, you know, I think their offensive line is, is, is eventually going to kind of be their kryptonite. You know, and Carson Palmer's at, at that upper age. You look at Seattle now, their offense is very vanilla, very simple. <laughs> They're winning games with, you know, with their defense. They beat the Rams with their defense. And the Rams had a few turnovers a couple weeks ago um, themselves that were self-inflicted. They had one on special teams with a muff punt by Tavon Austin. So, you know, I, I really like, 
you know, I think I really like the Rams' opportunity and chances of, of, of contending for the NFC West. I think it could come down to, the, to them and the Seahawks at the end of the day. Yeah, and when you look at their schedule, it's actually not bad as I'm looking through it here. They have the Cardinals next week. They have the Cardinals twice. They have the Giants, who have been terrible. They have the Texans, who Deshaun Watson has become, like, my favorite player in the league. I love Deshaun Watson. They have right. Vi- the Vikings, the Saints, the Eagles, Seahawks, Titans, Niners. So, I mean, outside of divisional games, the toughest matchups they have are the Eagles and the Vikings. So, it's it's not a bad schedule uh, to be able to possibly win 10 and maybe even 9 could win the division. Who knows? Maybe 8-8 eight and eight wins the NFC West if, if the Seahawks offense keeps playing as vanilla as you said. So that that's going to be an interesting division, a three-team race, especially if Adrian Peterson continues to keep the Cardinals in it. Um, the the Saints, your other former team, a weird yeah. team in my mind. I mean, they're three and two, but I, I can't tell what their identity is. I can't tell if they're middle ground, if they're going to maybe slide into the playoffs, if they're going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, what's your read on the Rams, Who I mean, of the Saints, who have just confused me so far this season? Yeah, I'm just as confused as you are. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the biggest. They don't have an identity. I mean, yeah. they, they, it's it's week to week. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know what their defense is. How their defense is going to play. I mean, it's you know, it's a bend but don't break style of defense. And you know, they have broken a lot early in the year. Now they've had a great game this past week against Detroit, um, and they put up a ton of a ton of points. So it's just you just don't know what Saints team you're going to get week in week week in and week out. Um, you know, it's the Drew Brees show, no matter what. They're, they're going to air it out. Um, you know, I really thought when they signed Adrian Peterson, they were going to try and get back to that run game. But uh, obviously that was, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they shipped him off to, to Arizona. But, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and, uh, and uh, uh, Mark Ingram, I think that, uh, you know, they've been a great one-two punch. But, you know, the thing with the Saints, the, the defense isn't, isn't stopping people then it's all on their offense. And, and defenses have figured out their offense. So um, for them, it's just a matter of just, we don't know week to week. It's just a matter of what Saints team shows up. Yeah, and their schedule actually isn't bad either considering their game with the Packers will be against Brett Hudley uh, this week. Right. Uh, the, their schedule isn't terrible, so they have a shot. Uh, you, I mean, you played alongside Drew Brees. Just talk about, yeah. I mean, the veteran leader that he is, and this guy seems like an ageless, ageless wonder, and he could play – uh, it looks like into his forties. Yeah, he, he is an ageless wonder. I mean, he he's a he takes impeccable shape of his body. He's, he's uh, you know he's a very smart football player. Uh, he's a true professional. Uh, what you see is what you get. Um, and the guy is is the first one in the building. Is the last one to leave. He's there on off days. He's there, you know, up in the up in the coach's offices, up in Sean's office, going over the game plan. Um, I don't know if you remember watching like a football life with uh, Bill, Bill Belichick, but you mm-hmm. see Tom Brady meet with Bill Belichick almost every day, go over game plan. That's the same thing Drew does with Sean. Uh, you know, they go over every down and distance, every area on the field, uh, you know, and everything that the defense that they've been able to, to, to analyze through cutups of what they want to do on certain down and distance against them or what they have done against them before in the past. And they, they come with the best plan possible. So, uh, he, he's a true professional. He's a, he's a future Hall of Famer, first ballot guy. Uh, it was great you know, for me to be able to play three years with him and you know, to know that I played with one of the greatest quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. You missed the game. It's been seven years, retired around, what, 29 years old. Uh, do you still wake up and miss it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every day, you know, mm-hmm. I, I miss it. Um, you know, I miss more game days than anything else. I don't miss the grind. I don't miss the Monday through Saturday grind, but 
I definitely miss that four or five hours on Sunday because uh, that's you know that's when the game is a kid's game again. That's where it's at its, at its purest level where you're just playing football. But uh, you know, been out seven years. Uh, I think my first couple years was uh, the first year out's really really tough, really hard. Your second year is tough, but uh, it gets a little bit better. Um, you know, uh, but it, it definitely you miss it. You know, that's so that's why. I do. I took the uniform inspector job with the Rams. It allows me to get back into the game, be on the field, be around it. It somewhat gives me my fix, you know. And uh, I've been doing uh, combine training with Exos, as formerly known as Athlete Performance. I work with them um, every winter, starting in January, uh, for about six to eight weeks. I work with the top uh, running back prospects uh, down in Carlsbad, California, uh, and that that's another way of kind of giving me my football fix. So. Uh, football has been a part of my life, Jake, since I was seven years old. It's been mm-hmm. a dream for me to play in the NFL. I was able to achieve that, and uh, football is always going to be a part of my life, no matter what. And you do broadcasting and real estate. and other, I mean, you were all over the place. You were a businessman out here. Yes, I, yeah, <laughs> I wear multiple hats. Yeah, my wife and I have our own business of um, apartment buildings in Phoenix that we manage ourselves. We have numerous units out there, so that, that keeps us uh, very busy. My wife on the side uh, sells real estate here in Southern California as well. Um, yeah, I do broadcasting and work with Spectrum uh, come uh, uh, playoff and, and uh, regional championship game time and starts in December. Worked with them last year. That, that's another fix for me to be able to analyze the game uh, uh, on TV. So, yeah, so multiple hats. Just try to stay busy as possible. Got two uh, young boys, six and three. Uh, you know, they're keeping us busy as well. So, yeah, there's there's no dull moments in the Carney household, that's for sure. I'm a little mad at Spectrum because I have the the, the sports package that has uh, the Red Zone channel, but that is, does not have NBA TV or MLB Network, which I thought would be part of the package. Um, so I'm very confused by that. So I might have to call yeah, them. Yeah, you got to call them to make the complaints. Um, yeah, they have after. they have yet since I moved to my apartment send me a bill. So I really don't want to call because I then they'll send me a bill. Um, so I'm just trying to let it go. So as long, hopefully they don't hear this. Um, I'm right, trying to let man. it go as long as possible. I hear that uh, until t- the bill that. comes. Um, a couple more minutes with Mike Carney. The the fullback position, Mike, in my opinion, isn't yeah. appreciated and it isn't what it used to be when you and Mike Allstott were playing. What What is the reason for that? You know, I think it's been the college game. It's been the evolution of the high school, you know, high school game, the spread offense, the pistol. I mean, you, you, you go back 15, 20 years ago, you know, NFL looked to college, right, for their upcoming talent mm-hmm. and colleges were running pro style offenses you know you saw a fullback in there you saw two tight ends in there you saw more of a commitment to the run game um in the last five ten years it's it's gone completely away from that it's been spreading it out um you know with with the spread the pistol and look to the sideline whole deal and throw the football isn't that frustrating it's very frustrating uh it's hard for me to watch it um Mm -hmm. you know i I really I miss the fullback position being in the game. Uh, I think the position's pretty much dead from the standpoint of the old school way of getting downhill, running power football, running you know lead, running Bob, you know running um, you know goal line, you know power run plays. I mean you you name it, it's just not in the game anymore, and so uh, it's hard to watch because. You, you know, I came up in an era of Mike Allstott, Lorenzo Neal, Tony Richardson, mm-hmm. Max Strong. Um, you know, I think I might have said his name, William Henderson in Green Bay. I mean, 
great fullbacks. And they were household names, too. People knew yeah, the fullback. Names, and you could look around the league and go, okay, who can we find that, look, that, we, might, that, that we can get, like another Max Strong, Lorenzo Neal. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we had another group of us come through. You know, Obi Muhaley, we had Vontae Leach, we had myself. You know, we had a, a young crowd, LaRon McClain. We had a, another wave come through. You know, I thought that we, you know, we had some big shoes to fill, but we, we, we did a pretty darn good job filling those shoes and keeping it going. And then it just dissipated, you know. And that just, yeah. that's just, I think it's just from the standpoint of where the game's going. You know, the concussion situation came, you know, came into light five, six years ago where, you know, I think that, uh, you know, getting away from that contact, the head-to-head collisions is, uh, you know, obviously out of the game. Um, but, um, you know, I, it's hard to watch, but – you know, I'm proud of the fact that I was able to play in an era where it was uh, fullback rich and, and we were able to, to uh, play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah, I mean, you might have got out and that was it. After, like, fullbacks were done. Um, we're seeing a yeah. lot of run, big running backs become fullbacks, like a Mike Tolbert. We're seeing tight ends try to play fullback. And I didn't even think of that fact that the whole the head-to-head contact maybe plays a big part for uh, fullbacks kind of falling off the map here because, I mean, some of those blocks that are like you or Allstott would throw, I know Allstott was like the king of those, just going right at guys uh, and setting up a huge hole is, is definitely that hard-nosed football that was so fun to watch that we just don't have as much anymore. And maybe that's a big reason why some we don't have as many dominant running backs as we used to have as well, because they don't have that guy in front of them. They're relying so much on offensive lines. And when a team like the giants have to rely on an offensive line, they're screwed because they don't have a good offensive line. Um, right. So ha- having that extra right. blocker means so much to these running backs. And that's maybe why running backs have also faded. Yeah, I, I believe so. I think, you know, that's when people ask me all the time, you know, why they're fullback in the game. I think, I think you know they're they're a part of that concussion conversation. You know the, the game's trying to get rid of all those, you know, big time collisions. Um, so yeah, I think it's a big. I, I think you look at around the league. I mean, what teams are really doing? I think last night you saw a great, you know, uh, example of Tennessee still trying to run the ball a ton with Demarco Murray and and, and Derrick Henry, and they got a fullback in there with uh, Dante Fowler. I think he's a, a great young player, but I mean, you look around the league. Other than that, I mean, you don't really see any other guys that can can get it done. Um, and I think that's just that's just where the game has gone, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's sad, but uh, hey, you got to you got to be in a great era of fullbacks and all the guys you said. Uh, so that was uh, a great time in the NFL when I was a young kid, just watching yeah. the ground and pound. It didn't get any better than that. And now, as you said, they're spreading them out. They're throwing it forty times a game and. Everything's changed, but hey, and also a big factor is yep. fantasy football. I mean, fullbacks aren't going to get you fantasy points, so that's why maybe uh, they don't do it anymore. Players <laughs> yeah, want points, that's right? That's another point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mike, Mike Carney, former All-Pro fullback, Carney44 on Twitter, uh, the the bad boy uniform police. Uh, we got, I'm going to pitch that to NFL <laughs> Network, a, a cops edition, and have you guys yeah. in it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right, Mike, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, Jake. Have a great day, bud. All right. Take care, man. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.